This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the MarTech Podcast, hosted by my friend Ben Shapiro, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. With episodes you can listen to in under 30 minutes, the MarTech Podcast shares stories from world-class marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success. Recent episode, one of my favorite, extending the lifetime value of your customer. You know, I love to talk about that. Listen to the MarTech podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is John Jance. My guest today is Trip Lanier. He's a professional coach, host of the New Man podcast beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp he's also the author of a book we're going to talk about today called this book will make you dangerous the irre irreverent that's a hard word to say guide for men who refuse to settle so trip welcome to the show thanks john i had somebody say it was the irrelevant guide for, uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the tricky part yeah you, you, you definitely just different meanings there so let's let's start with um the fact that uh being a man in some ways has taken a beating lately. Um, and yet, I think some of the, um, unfortunately, some of the attributes that a lot of people attribute with manhood, um, you know, are on full sort of raw display these last couple of years. So mm. kind of maybe walk me through a little bit of where you're positioning this idea of what it means to be a man. Well, I don't know what it means to be a man. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't claim to take that position. I just tend to serve men primarily. That's, yeah. that's who my, my practice is based around. When I got into personal growth and personal development, it was primarily a woman's domain. You know, yeah. Oprah was the one, everyone was gunning to have their, their book featured on her show. So there wasn't really a voice in the personal growth, spiritual growth, self-help development world for, for men. And, and wonderfully now it's much more normal to read books that, that also are aimed at men in that, in that domain. So I grew out of that. I mean, I started podcasting in this arena, you know, 13 plus years ago and, and it's great. It's great that there's so many other voices and there's so much more diversity in that. But you do take a position, uh, or at least I'm going to suggest you, you are by just your subtitle beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. So uh, yeah. you are landing, you are landing somewhat on kind of where you think it, uh, it, it is today to be a man. I don't know any guys that want to be either of those, right? Nobody's standing up and saying, wait a second, I'm a new age, a new age wimp, or I'm a macho jerk. Nobody wants to be either one of those guys. So it's a, it's fun to play with that polarization. And it's a challenge to anybody to say, can we evolve? Can yeah, we yeah, be yeah. more integrated? Can yeah. we have brains? Can we have heart? Can we have a spine? Um, and so it's a, it's a call. It's a challenge to say, let's, let's start to look beyond some of these outdated old models and see what is becoming or what's evolving and what's available for us. And I think also a lot of in, in what I've read, I think you're also a lot of you saying that you don't get to define that it's really more about being true to yourself. I mean, that's we're going to talk uh, on, on your show about my latest book, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur. And I say that all the time, the self parts on you. I mean, I, I'm just giving you some things to think about, but you're the only one that can define what it means to be self-reliant. And I think you're saying that to some degree as well, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big part of my work as a coach, even working with people on their businesses is how, do, how does this reflect you? How does this reflect who you are, who you're becoming in this lifetime instead of I need to prove I'm a man or I need to prove I'm strong or I need to prove this or any of that other kind of stuff? It's, well, who are you really when you're not pleasing, when you're not protecting, when you're not proving, right. 
what's naturally coming through you and as you in this lifetime. And then ultimately, we want our relationships and our businesses to reflect that, too. Yeah, because you, you, you see so often people chasing what they see people doing on Facebook or what they think a business should be or, you know, top line revenue numbers, because that's, you know, fun to go talk about, you know, with other people. And I think that probably gets in the way of true success, probably more than any other dynamic. I've worked with a lot of, quote, successful guys that uh, are scratching their head, wondering where they went wrong. They feel yeah. trapped. They feel drained. They feel isolated. They feel bored, overwhelmed, chronically worried. From the outside, it looks like they got it all together. I was a version of this you know, with, after my first business. And it's, I, I, I propose in the book, maybe there's another way for us to, propose, to you know, approach our work, to approach our professions in the world where we're no longer looking to an external authority. Hey, tell me what to do or tell me right. how to measure up or tell me what hoops to jump through and start to ask some of those deeper questions and say, you know, I don't know how much longer I've got on this planet. So how do I really want to play? So you start your book off with um, uh, part of the title, of course, and I think it's probably a word that merits defining, you know, what, what does it mean to be dangerous? Right. Yeah. What does it mean to be dangerous? Well, in our rather cushy modern world, danger could be like, I, I can't go a day without high speed internet. I can't go, <laughs> right, I can't, right, you right. know, like if you watch how, how people get spun out about traffic or not having internet, like I said, or not having their favorite, whatever at, at the, at the coffee shop, we, we really do give up our peace of mind around yeah. these things. And so we're starting to see how we've adapted. We're no longer in, in any real danger to our survival per se, but that doesn't mean that our nervous systems aren't still scanning for what we have now perceived to be as dangerous. And I, I would block that into three basic categories, something that threatens our sense of comfort, something that threatens our sense of safety or certainty, you know, to my time or energy or money. And then the third one, the big one is something that threatens my self-image. I can't look like a failure. I can't look like a loser. What will they think of me? So by and large, when people come to me and they say, I'm not, I'm not having X, Y, Z in my life. I'm not getting there. I know somewhere we're going to, we're going to come up against one of these three things. And that's what they're committed to. They're committed to protecting their sense of comfort, their sense of certainty and their self-image. You and I were recording this in the first month of 2021. I, I mean, I would suggest that that COVID was a real wake up for a lot of people in that regard. I mean, it, it, it showed them how comfortable they were, didn't it? It did. It showed them how comfortable they were. I think we're all dealing with. I mean, I've lost lost a member of my family, a very close member of my family, just two weeks ago from COVID. So it's it's not that we don't have dangers in our world, but by and large, I think we're starting to get a sense of perspective. And I've got a lot of people coming to me and saying, you know, COVID's put this in perspective. I've been playing small. Right. I've been holding back. I don't want to do that anymore. I've been using, I've been waiting for permission to show up as my biggest self. I've been waiting for, you know, something to come along and give me the green light to make this shift in my business. I'm tired of waiting. I want to go for it now. Do, do you find that folks that you work with in some ways, um, if they're feeling stuck, it's that they're too comfortable. I mean, and, and I guess the flip side of that question or the second part of that question is, do you suggest that that we have to actually look for ways to sort of intentionally you know stimulate that uncomfortable uh, gene you know i want to be really clear I, i've worked with some pretty out, i've worked with some outliers i mean I'm special operatives navy seals you know people that that work in in really intense situations i'm not i don't consider myself one of those people i really enjoy being comfortable i really enjoy a certain degree of of, of safety and certainty certainly like looking good so i'm not one of these people that needs to like go the other direction and, and be out of balance in that way. Look, I'll, I'll prove to the world that I, I really am tough and I, I'm not playing it small. I think, I think it's really about getting smart and what's worthwhile. And so when, 
when I start to have these conversations and I start to get in touch with, I help a guy get in touch with what he's really trying to create in his lifetime. And then we start to see what his obstacles are and we put him out in front of them. Most of the time, it's like that, like that kid that comes in the room in the middle of the night says there's a monster under the bed. And it's like, well, let's go grab a flashlight. And we go look and there's really nothing there. And they say, wow, I can't believe I've been holding yeah. back because I was so afraid of this thing. And in that moment, they're like, you know what? It's just not worth, it's not going to be that bad. I'm, I'm willing to be a little bit uncomfortable here. I'm willing to take a little bit of a risk. I'm willing, who cares if somebody thinks I'm a little strange or a little weird if I go in that direction. And so a lot of it is them coming to terms with it themselves and saying, you know what, I'm just, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be on my deathbed and be pleased that I played it so safe. I can take on a little bit of what seems dangerous now. So I've been kind of, uh, this has been a soapbox topic for me of late. Um, a lot of stress is caused around this, this sort of modern uh, mantra that we have to find our purpose and, you know, live our purpose. And I was kind of happy to see you pushing back a little bit on that, 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 that idea of I'm going to sit in a room one day and decide what I was meant to do. <laughs> However, I do think a lot of people fall trapped to that, don't they? I do. I'm glad you brought this up. I see a lot of people get wrapped around the axle, especially guys that have maybe done well for themselves. And they're starting to sense like, okay, I can create money. I can create this sense of comfort and status, but there's got to be more meaning. And I think that that desire for more meaning is inherently a natural part of our development. Okay. It's not just about me anymore. It's about something bigger than me. And then they tend to look at this purpose thing. Well, my life must be lacking purpose. And so I say, well, what if purpose isn't necessarily a thing we latch onto, right? My, my purpose in life isn't to make sure that all puppies have healthy candy or whatever it might be. But we, our egos tend to... That was a randomly specific uh, example there, sorry. <laughs> I hear some weird things. But, 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 the, but the idea is that we go looking for a story. And I think most of the time when we're looking for that story, it says my purpose is X, Y, Z. It's this outcome. Yeah. It's this cause yeah. Yeah. that we've really lost touch with what that really means. That's really just our ego looking for more kind of like I'm okay and I'm important. We're kind of moving up, moving up the ladder in, in that regard. When I say, well, if we were to really look at your choices in life, if we were to look at the purpose, the reason why you do these things, we start to see that you're really most committed to being comfortable, to being certain and safe to making sure that you look good. And then I have much, a, a, a different process that I work people through to help them start to see, well, what do you want beyond just those three things? Yeah, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of those, like you said, whatever it is that, that the mission that you've decided is going to have impact, I mean, a lot of those have been defined by other people. As, right. you know, that's, that's the stage I'm in now. That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> right, I'm supposed um, to start a foundation. I'm supposed right. to, you know, do ABC yeah. in Africa. I'm supposed to do blah, blah, blah. And it doesn't really connect with our you know, yeah. sense of who we are. It just sounds good. And now a word from our sponsor. Yes, this episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by HubSpot. HubSpot is the world's leading CRM platform and has rolled out over 50 plus integrations over the past year to help businesses connect with customers like never before. The latest suite of customer-centric tools to help your business show your customers a whole lot of love, including seamless payment tools, CRM-powered CMS, customer portals, and feedback surveys. Secure customer portals keep ticket conversations going between customers and reps, offer access to your knowledge base, and can be customized to fit your brand without having to code a thing. And customer feedback surveys where you can capture unique feedback to your business, share insights with your team, and grow your understanding of your customers. 
Learn more about how a HubSpot CRM platform can help build, maintain, and grow your customer relationships at HubSpot.com. So um, there was a line, I think it's actually, I don't think it's a chapter title. I think it's a subtitle that I really loved. Success is survival and drag. Yeah, I think it is. If you look at what most of us are calling success, it's to become comfortable once and for all. It's to become safe or have to have certainty once and for all. It's to have status and prestige and to be away from, you know, to avoid any kind of criticism once and for all. And really, that's what's kind of what our survival is these days. I got to always be comfortable. I got to always be certain. I got to always look good. Nobody can criticize me. And I think it's making us fragile. I, I've met a lot of guys, I call them fragile rich guys that, that get to this place. They have so much, so many resources, so many contacts. They know they want to make this transition in life, but they're so afraid to go backwards. It feels like death to them. It feels like a huge threat to their survival if they were to change lanes or to leverage what they've created in order to move in this other direction. And so it's like, well, what if it's not death? But it does feel that way. It is our survival. It's our sense of survival. So, so I've owned my own business for 30 years and, and by some people's measure have, you know, have experienced some level of success. And, uh, I wrote a blog post, uh, one time and, and it actually became part of my, in one of my, uh, uh, books as well is that I think a lot of people are willing to tell you how to get to the top of the mountain. Nobody tells you how to get back down. Um, and, and frankly, that's where, you know, you, you, you look at the research, uh, descents of some of the, 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 the largest mountains are where the most fatalities actually occur, yeah. um, more, more so than climbing to the peak. Um, and I think that uh, you're kind of touching on that a little bit. I think once people experience a level of that, it, there is that fear of, I can't go backwards when maybe going backwards or what, what is seen as backwards is actually a, a, a better place. Yeah, I sold my first company, you know, 12 years after I started. I was still in my early 30s, and it was one of the most nerve-wracking times in my life. I remember being out in Hawaii, and people were like, wow, that's amazing. You've been able to do this. I'm like, please don't ask me what I'm doing next. Yeah. And there was this pressure of, okay, this self-imposed pressure. I need to, you know, level it up. I got to really take it to the – I got to do something the next level next time around. And I was so caught up in kind of the optics of it. And who I was supposed to be and who I was supposed to become, it was nerve wracking. It, it wasn't a, a spacious place. It didn't feel very comforting to me to be at that level. And nonetheless, you know, from around me, people are like, wow, it's awesome, man. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, I've talked to enough entrepreneurs and heard a similar uh, story to know that this is true, that um, there's a really common um, occurrence where an entrepreneur has that first time success, sells whatever they do, and now they've got to figure it out, right? And so now they're going to go really big. <laughs> and it's that second one that teaches them humility, um, whether they come through it or not. You know, a lot of times, I mean, I have heard that so many times from, from entrepreneurs and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what the answer is. Um, let me ask you a quick question. How do you help people to find success then for them on their own terms? I think it comes back to, well, one of the exercises I lead people through, I say, you know, just tell me your, your biggest, wildest, craziest goals that you got are these dreams or these fantasies. And most of the time, these are the pictures, right? These are images. I would be in this house and my kids would be going to this school and they would have this and they would have that. And I write them all down and it's wonderful. And I say, you know, okay, great. Well, let's imagine you got all of that. Yeah. You made it all happen. And you felt trapped. You felt drained. You felt isolated. You felt bored or you felt overwhelmed or you chronically worried. 
would we, did we make it? Did we get there? And they're like, absolutely not. Are you kidding me? And I say, okay, well, what if the, you know, that image, that outcome, that kind of fantasy isn't what we're really playing for. It's the experiences that are opposite of that. So instead of trapped, we feel free. Instead of drained, we feel alive. Instead of isolated, we feel connected and loved deeply for who we are. Instead of bored, overwhelmed, worried, we feel peace of mind. And I say, you know what, no matter what, this is what we're playing for. And it might be way on the high, you know, we, it might be on the other side of these amazing goals. Could be something that you have access to today. It just, and it's just, you're thinking that's in the way, but I said, let's keep, a, let's keep an eye on those experiences as we go and know that no matter what, that's what we want. Because if you wouldn't accomplished all these amazing goals and you still felt really lousy, we messed up somewhere. So, so is a Stratocaster signed by Eric Clapton on your list? <laughs> I probably, yeah, I'll be all right. Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners can't see that I'm, I'm seeing into trips, uh, um, yeah. office there and i think i see a stratocaster over here. i got a telly right there i got a, I got a, I got a strat over there though yeah <laughs> just they to tend to multiply out. you know it's weird yeah. they multiply in here it's uh <laughs> so it, let me ask you if you've found the answer to this why is it so often that what we say we believe and what we actually do um don't connect you know our actions and our beliefs don't line up well, I, I think we're inherently full of crap. <laughs> I think there's a there's just a big disconnect between the story we like to tell us about ourselves and then what we actually do. And I think if we just inherently understand that, like that, that there were flawed human beings, that we're flawed in our perception of reality, and I've seen others, you know, talk about this great. I think Jonathan Haidt wrote a one has written wonderfully about you know, that, that gap between what we say and then what right. we actually do. It's, it's fascinating to understand how the mind operates in that way. It can be jarring to recognize that, to realize that, wow, we are really poor at, at even if we're really hard on ourselves, we tend to miss the good that we do and all the, yeah. all the, the stuff that we move forward. So I think it's, if you just know that we we're, we're terrible at assessing our own worth, positive or negative, it's just starting there. And then saying, okay, well, could I collect data either way? And then what's really going to move the needle? I've got to define what that means in my life and then focus more on that. Yeah, it's funny. I work with so many entrepreneurs that, you know, they're never satisfied. They're never done. I mean, the horizon, you know, keeps moving away as they move forward. Um, yeah. And it, it, it is really hard sometimes to uh, to think in terms of turning around and saying, oh, well, I guess we've actually come quite a ways too. Um, you know, sometimes it's a heart attack. Sometimes it's a stroke or a divorce or a, a business breakup. But something breaks us out of that, yeah. that pattern that we're in there. And, and hopefully I, I, you know, it can seem tragic at the time, but I've had a lot of guys look back and say, that was the, that was the moment I woke up. That was the gift. Yeah. So you talk about um, this idea of having nothing to prove um, as sort of an element of arriving, maybe um, uh, talk a little bit about that. And, and forgive me if I've misquoted you, but I, you, you know, I, I, that really resonated with me because I, I see a lot of people that are really, struggling or creating their own struggle a lot of times because they're trying to prove something. Um, and, and yet sort of the most confident people you run into a lot of times are ha uh, kind of devoid of that idea. Yeah. I think the first thing is, is like, I listen to language. So if I'm working with somebody and, say, and they're like, oh, I'm so run down, I'm so, I'm so exhausted by this thing, or I hate doing this thing. Okay. Well then why are you doing it? I have to, I have to, or this says who, 
right? And then <laughs> this is where we start to reveal this kind of imaginary audience. And it could be people that have passed away years ago. It could be dad, could be mom, could be relatives, right. could be. I have had guys tell me it was the guys they went to high school with that sure. cast them out. You know, it's just whatever that is, it just gets embedded in their head and they're constantly playing to this audience, constantly proving. And so I say, well, what if I'm not asking you to stop, but what if you didn't have anything to prove to those, those folks anymore, even to yourself. And it's like, it's, it can be jarring. It can be a little weird, a little strange at first. But I said, well, I would do this. I would do ABC. And it's like, okay. And then as a coach, it's like, well, what if we just did a little bit more like that? And we, and we start to see if everything really does fall apart and if we can always go back, we can always go back to playing to this audience. But I think just that realization they start to find over time. Oh, that's the thing I do when I hear myself saying this language, I have to, or I should, I'm playing to that crowd, that imaginary, you know, audience that I have something to prove to. And, uh, if we really want to talk about freedom, most of them are striving to have freedom from that voice. Like one day they're going to have enough yeah. money and they'll have finally proven that they're yeah. enough. And, uh, usually it's like, well, what if that moment's right now? What if that moment is right here, right now, when you stop giving a damn about what those folks think? Yeah. It's amazing how many, how many, uh, um, wealthy, successful, accomplished, uh, adults, you know, still hear that seventh grade science teacher that told them they were never going to amount to anything. <laughs> That's probably why they're so wealthy and so <laughs> successful on the outside. And it's just like, but it, they've been proving that guy wrong for so long now, you know, it's yeah, kind of yeah. sad. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little about your podcast. Um, uh, some of uh, the, the format and who you have on and uh, invite people obviously to listen. Yeah. The new man has been around for 13 plus years. Uh, we've had, Gosh, we've had millions and millions of downloads over the years. Um, I, I've never identified myself as a podcaster. I've always been a, a coach. And so I don't really follow the typical criteria of what podcasters do. Yeah. But nonetheless, I've been really fortunate to have everyone from Tim Ferriss to, you know, Mark Manson to Alan Alda to, you know, big wave surfing legend Laird Hamilton to musicians to Zen masters to criminals. People have gone to jail and what, what it's like to do that. I'm always looking for those stories of people that have done things on their own terms or challenged the status quo sure. and live to tell it, right. Live to come back and, and tell that story. So uh, I'm always looking for that, that story is like, well, if that guy could do it, I probably could too. There's something. And so I always like, I, I try to dig out the people that are just, you know, live two doors down from me and have done something amazing in that story. Cause I think we can look at the best selling author and be like, well, he's made from something different, right, but right, right, right. that guy that lives two doors down. If he can do it, then I can do it too. Right. So I, I, I love those kinds of stories where it, it wakes us up and maybe has us see our own life and our own opportunities differently. So the podcast running for over a decade club is not that big. So uh, congrats on that. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> so, so tell people where they can find out, uh, find uh, more about your work. And then I'll, I'll also uh, pick up a copy of this book will make you dangerous. Yeah. The new man is available everywhere. You get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about the coaching work that I do, you can go to triplinear.com and then this book will make you dangerous is available in all formats. And you can find that at dangerousbookstore.com. If you're outside of the U S then just go to Amazon. Yeah. Awesome. Well, and we'll have links to all those things in the show notes. So Trevor, it was great catching up with you and appreciate you stopping by the duct tape marketing podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll run into you someday uh, when we're all back out there on the road. Sounds good. Thank you. Appreciate it, John. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. 
Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training, marketing training for your team? If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.